Hi everyone, I'm Caleb with Team Rockin' Cushions, and this is episode 7 of Rockin' Talk. The guest for today is Ariana LeRae. Ariana is an interior designer with a flair for mid-century modern design. Michelle Vanderwater and Ariana discuss the ins and outs of the business, developing your own style, and creating a home you love. If you love design, decorating, or are thinking of a makeover, you don't want to miss this episode. Hope you enjoy!
but in these colors mm -hmm. and like with this other thing mm -hmm. mixed in and mm -hmm. and it's kind of like I feel like I don't know I personally I would get so frustrated mm -hmm. working with people who kind of like can't really <laughs> articulate exactly what they want but are like expecting you to just like pull it out of your butt somehow you know that is the hardest part of design um is you are kind of a therapist a little bit um you need to really be able to read people you need to a lot of people will do what you just said they'll take a picture out of the catalog and be like I like this I know what I like um and you need to be able to take all the little pieces and show it to them as a whole um, but people can't really see the design like in my head what I see is like oh I can see the room finish people can't see it unless I like show it in a rendering and like this is your space right. but you really need, be, need to be able to communicate their vision and make sure that like you're taking those pieces and pulling it together but that is the hardest thing is people do not know what they want so you have to pull teeth to like get to yeah. that point and mm -hmm. be like okay this is what you want and give that to exactly them. and I feel like do you use like Pinterest or like mm -hmm. what are some of the apps that you use to like help help your customers like visualize mm -hmm. so that's the biggest thing um, we always start with inspiration because that's kind of how people see things and visualize it I always kind of give them an inspiration um, scope of work and then we always start with like okay share your Pinterest board with me share your Instagram images with me um, and a lot of the times people seeing the picture helps them and it helps mm -hmm. me get on track to make sure that we're both kind of meeting in the middle right. um, but without Pinterest or Instagram we kind of be a little lost because we need all those images to kind of get the gears turning or get inspired. I know so how did like you would have back in the day before these apps existed, <laughs> Google. Like five, Google. five years ago, um, like was it, I'm assuming it was like a really manual process, mm -hmm. would you like cut things out of magazines yeah, so and like do like an actual poster board? Yes. Yeah. Design has come a long was, way. Yeah. I know. Um, I love, we used to do mood boards in college, so you would ga gather like a stack of magazines and you cut out each image and like paste them and that's your inspiration. But yeah, it's, it's really that now that you can just like click Pinterest and show everything versus yeah. so now everything's like a virtual mood board whereas before you're making a collage basically. Right. But do you think do you think that that has actually um, made people's expectations more unrealistic? I yeah, I would say so a lot of the times um, because you were saying like a lot of the times you do a lot of um, renderings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things that we see online aren't actually real. They mm -hmm. don't actually exist. So, you know, people are seeing things online that are, have been made up, like they've yeah. been rendered or they, yeah. they're kind of like very conceptual. Yeah. And I feel like people can't, don't really understand that if you're not in the industry, that, okay, that chair that you want doesn't actually exist. Yes. And uh, I can't find it anywhere. Yes. And even if I did, it'd be like a fortune. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot. Um, that's where like custom pieces come in. So a lot of the times people want a certain thing or they want a chair and they're like, I don't want brass legs, I want wood legs and a tapered finish or a tapered um, style and you have to kind of get creative and you can make it custom. But at the same time, people have an unrealistic budget. So oh, like- the budget. Yeah, the budget yeah, is the biggest budget. Thing. That's the first question. Um, so a lot of the times people will see things and they don't realize like you need to invest in this if this is what you really want. So it is a lot of unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You have to like go in, that's the first thing you have to is like, okay, how much do you want to invest in your room or your space? And this is what we can do for this amount of money. Right. So people aren't, so you're both on the same page and you're not kind of running around wasting your time basically or giving people things that they can't attain. <laughs> yeah, totally. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've watched any of those reality design Yes, shows. yes, I okay, love Okay, what is the one with Jeff? What's his name? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Jeff Lewis. Jeff Lewis, yeah. yes. <laughs> and his clients were like, oh my God, I cannot live if we don't have crown molding. And he's like, sweetheart, we can't afford crown molding. And then she has a total meltdown. <laughs> This is true. Is there's lots like, of meltdowns sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that must be so hard. Ends. It is a 
our job, you have to wear a lot of hats, um, but you need to stay level-headed. You need to just make sure that you're communicating a lot. Um, and, you, and it requires a lot of patience on both the client and the designer end because people are gonna get frustrated, Things orders get delayed, things don't come in exactly how you want them or there's an error, mm. but you just need to make sure that you're constantly just keep keep moving forward or keep making the best of it. So it is a little bit of a, a yeah, hectic job. I can imagine. So what would be, so what is like an ideal budget if you're going to, okay, let's pick a room mm -hmm. right now. Let's pick a, let's pick a studio, mm -hmm. studio apartment. Okay. One room. Um, what is a good budget mm -hmm. to sort of furnish and decorate? Yeah. Like so I always tell people low, medium, high, a low budget is about $3,000. So you're going to mix and match Ikea pieces, Wayfair pieces to obtain your look. A medium budget is about 5000 You can go a little bit more with your pricing. <laughs> and then a higher budget would be about 7000 where you can invest in nicer quality pieces. So um, it's kind of like I, I'll ask people, like, what's your budget or where do you want to stay at? And they'll say, like, oh, I don't know. So you have to say, okay, do you want to stay at about three? Is that good for you? And they're like, oh, no, we can do 4200 So it's just making sure that you know, okay, they have a low budget. This is what I can spend. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So do people have like, um, what do I call it? Do they have like uh, preferences on a budget? So you're saying like people shop at Ikea a lot, but I do have some people who are on a low budget that are like no Ikea stuff. Like mm -hmm. I only want like West Elm or... Yes. So <laughs> if you have a low budget, you can't really afford West Elm. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times I have people that are like, I love the mid-century look. So we can get you, like I can give you that mid-century look. It's just from different places. So you have to get really creative where you're sourcing. You can have the West Elm look, but you can source all of the pieces from Wayfair and have the same look. So it's mm -hmm. just mixing and matching, um, even overstock. So it's just getting creative with the pieces you pull in and kind of making sure that it looks like you invested in the pieces right and are people open to secondhand furniture at all? oh yeah that's my favorite oh really um so i didn't know that because <laughs> i mean half my apartment has come from the street i love it and, yeah well and i think that's great. Store, literally it's more creative um, that way so i wasn't sure if like that like people were open to that if they're paying for yeah. design services oh my gosh a lot of people have pieces they've collected over time or people are like i don't want something that's just in a catalog or restoration hardware um, so I'm a big, big fan of Rose Bowl Flea Market. I love to go and find... I have never actually been Oh my there. gosh, you have to go. It's I so know, cool. I, I've it's been so meaning cool. to go forever. Um, but they have the coolest pieces and things that you just have never come across. And I kind of like to hoard them and then like, I'm like, oh, like you wanted an end table? This is the perfect end table. Do you have um, a warehouse full of... Like, I do have like, really? yeah, pieces that I just collect. Um, oh but it's, it's a lot of... I like the uniqueness of kind of the vintage because you're not finding that everywhere. So mm -hmm. it makes me excited to find something that like, oh my gosh, like somebody will love this one day. And it's really special, mm -hmm. I think. And also, I mean, do you, do you make over furniture as well? Or? I don't. I wish I could. I'm not that crafty. Um, I haven't yet. I've had some friends that like they'll get an Ikea piece and like repaint it and change the knobs. Mm -hmm. um, if it was my own home, I could do it. But for not, I don't feel confident enough <laughs> to give other people stuff that I'm Redone, but a lot of it's um, sourcing like West Elm Pottery Barn restoration hardware. Um, a lot of it is wholesale or an mixing and vintage too. It just mm -hmm. depends on the person's taste and what they like. Okay, so when you buy at wholesale, does that mean so you buy wholesale for mm -hmm. your clients? Mm -hmm. But do you, maybe I shouldn't ask this question. But do you um, <laughs> do you get a kickback? Yeah. Uh, do so you like do you basically you know so you get a kickback from the company that you buy from? Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, sometimes it's nice to source wholesale. So clients that have a larger budget, you can do a little bit more. Um, so right. every year we go to, basically it's a furniture showroom for designers where all the wholesale vendors come and show their new products. Oh, what show um, is that? It's called Las Vegas Market. So it's like a oh, furniture. Oh, I went there. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, it's so it? cool. Was the year before, I Okay, think. yeah. yeah. We, I go every, in January every year. Well, not since COVID, but, but see, yeah. um, it's really cool because you get to see all of the wholesale products mm -hmm. and you get inspired. But um, wholesale is kind of my favorite because you can do a lot more. The items are better quality and you make a little bit of return because you've been working hard. So it's nice. Yeah. But, yeah. That's great. Okay. So we have a question. The question is, how do you start your design process? Yes. Um, so it always starts with inspiration. So usually me and the client will hop on a phone call. We'll go over the scope, what they're looking to accomplish. Um, for example, like I had a lady I talked to yesterday that's like, I want to do a nursery. I don't know what I want to do with it. We just like coastal theme and we like to travel. Um, so it's really just answering questions and talking to the client and diving a little bit more about what they're looking to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, from that, we meet in their home and do a consultation. It's about 45 minutes to an hour. It's really a chance for me and the client to connect. We do a walkthrough of the space, and then I do um, some quick measuring and then some notes. And then from there, we dive in and do an inspiration board together. Mm -hmm. um, we work on the floor plan next, which is where we're like mapping out the space plan and kind of seeing what can fit in the room. And then we're doing a concept board. So the concept board's probably the coolest thing. It's kind of like that collage of it's collecting images, it's collecting color schemes, and just um, pieces that are going to show the client, okay, this is the potential of the room. And then we kind of finalize that. Next, we'll start sourcing the furniture, and then we um, kind of do a revision on that, and then we do a complete 3D rendering. So that's kind of oh, like wow. the so process like, broken okay. down a little bit. And I guess I guess you need to you really do need to do all those steps in order to give mm -hmm. people a full visual. Because like, people can't really see it without like kind of holding your hand in the process. A lot of people are confused about what goes where, so you have to be very detailed. And then without that rendering, a lot of people have no idea what the room is going right. to look like finished. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. Have you ever had a client that was really happy with what you presented in your board, right? Uh -huh. So your concept or whatever. And then at the end of it was like, oh my God, no, I hate it. Can we redo the whole thing? I haven't had someone like hate it or redo the whole thing. The biggest thing is as you go along, you wanna like make sure you're checking it off. Like, okay, you like this end table, right? You like the blue fabric, Yeah, but even right? though people say um, they like things, yeah. it's like the, at the end, it's yeah. kind of like they can't really. But I've had someone that's like, okay, I hate the rug, I hate the lights, um, I hate the pillows. So I've had them pick apart certain things and then you have to go back and like resource and say, okay, like what is it you hate about the rug? Um, okay, I don't like that kind of blue. So I've had people like pick apart the design, which yeah. is hard, like it's a hard pill to swallow because you're like, but we, we, we checked all this off. Yeah. Um, but you do have to go back and you, the biggest thing is you want to make sure your client loves it. You want to make sure they're happy with it. So we do have to go back and redo things a lot of the times too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And do you, do you find you have repeat clients a lot of the time? Oh yeah. That's, that's kind of the coolest thing. Um, when I started out, it, I had a really big project and then she told her friend and her friend told her friend. So that's kind of how my business really got off the ground. Yeah. Um, but returning clients are kind of the best way to go because you have a relationship already and they love working with you and you feel comfortable. So it's nice to go back. Right. So would most of your clients be referrals as well? I would say yeah. a lot of my business is referrals and then another percent I have a lead generation service that kind of helps me find clients, which is great. So it's kind of a good balance between. Okay. That's cool. And do you think you get hired on your personal style as opposed to 
somebody that could that you know um, I'm just thinking because I was looking at your website and yeah. it's so reflective of a very distinct personal style yeah. I'm thinking do people choose based on your style like oh I love Ariana because she uses like lots of blues and muted tones yeah and I do use a lot of blues and muted um, I have a lot of people that reach out and are like I love your style and that's why I want to work with you um, I do specialize in transitional design so it's a mixture between traditional and contemporary it's like a balance um, but I work with a lot of kind of neutrals. Mm -hmm. Blue is an accent color I use a lot. Um, and it's uh, more of the pieces I use are a little different. Um, so it is, I don't think about it like that, but I guess you are right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I'm just thinking like, uh -huh. if I was going to hire somebody, I would want to work with somebody that, you know, um, that just kind of presents exactly, yes. you know, that gets, what, what, that gets you, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like getting surgery. Like you yeah. want to go with somebody who's like a specialist. Yeah, As opposed to somebody do. that can just do a little just bit of everything. You gotta be like very particular about that. Okay, uh, another question here. Who oh, who are you currently inspired by? I really love Diane Wynn Furstenberg. Um, oh I love her. <laughs> she's like my inspiration. I have the quote of her in my mirror. Um, but I love that she has like a go-getter attitude and she she always says like the only person you need to or that can give you everything is yourself and that's kind of like my motto is I'm always like hustling and working hard to have all the things I envision and accomplish or like want for myself. Mm -hmm. um, so she's really inspired me that like I can have anything if I work hard enough to get it. Right. And she's been in the game a long, a long time. time. I don't know if yeah. you know who Diane von Festenberg is but she's a fashion designer and she's iconic yes. i mean i don't know how old she is now in her 70s maybe yes. 80s i don't know <laughs> but um she looks fabulous and you were you know lots of like really bold design i mean she's really kind of pioneered mm. that um i don't know i always envisioned like chiffon long chiffon yes, dresses yes, on the beach yes. in panama kind of thing yeah she's so, famous for her wrap dress a wrap dresses <laughs> that's it yeah absolutely so definitely she is a pioneer and somebody who's very inspirational I'm actually really inspired by Martha Stewart. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Awesome. I kind of want to be Martha Stewart. She's kind of, a, she's amazing. She's she just came out with, yeah, CBD yeah. Um, gummy bear line. <laughs> she literally wow. cooked up CBD gummy bears that she wears as a necklace and like wow. eats them all day because she can. Nice. Um, but she's been my inspiration a lot. She has accomplished so much and it's impressive the amount of things she has yeah. under her belt. Boss, like. And they tried to take it down by throwing yeah, it in the jail, but she, she handled it. She like, still, she rose. <laughs> that's what you do. You can kind of do anything if you can kind of get through that. But I really love how big she dreamt yeah. for her company. I mean, I mean, she kind of did it backwards, I think, in a lot of ways, which I don't think a lot of women in particular do because yeah. we're not really encouraged to become a stockbroker, first of all. And... Um, you know, really build a company from the ground up and then go into, okay, product development and doing like the homemaker kind of avenue, which is what she did. She yeah. kind of like did it in reverse. Um, but that's why I find it so fascinating. Yeah, I think, especially as women, you're not, you don't have the same level of encouragement or you, you're told like you can't do as much as a man. Um, so it is like cool that Martha Stewart has accomplished so much. And even like all the women you see today, different hats that you're wearing it kind of shows you like oh I can do that too or like I just need to work harder and I can get there um so it's nice to know that we've risen or we're equal 
and what we can Yeah, and I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like the more I reach out to other female mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the better it is because yeah. we understand, we have an understanding yeah. with each other and we can help each other out and build each other up and that makes everybody, you know, stronger, mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. more powerful. Um, rather than like trying to take each other down. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's amazing <laughs> the like the amount you can collaborate with people, but just reaching out and connecting is like you gain so much more rather than just like isolating yourself and being like no. But like being competitive. You'll be yeah. amazed by like how many ideas people have or the connections you make with people. So I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, another question. Here we go. Okay, what advice do you give young people starting out in interior design? You really need to hustle. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Don't take no for answer. The biggest thing is, for me, like if you want something, you can have it. Um, you just need to keep working hard. A lot of my business was kind of like falling on my face and getting back up mm-hmm. um, and asking for help. But don't be afraid to ask for help and just keep going at it. Keep working at it until you get to where you're going. You will get there eventually. It might take a long time. You might fail a lot, um, but you're not failing. You're kind of just growing from that. So, Did you have a mentor helping you out of college? No, not really. Um, I did work for a great company. Um, so out of college, I worked for Lee Design and Interiors as an, as an intern, which I learned a lot. Um, and then I interned just like pulling fabrics and doing the fabric library um, for a company in Virginia as well. So like... Just working from someone, you learn so much and you mm-hmm. kind of build up. And then even working at Ethan Allen, um, that's kind of like where I got my design background and learned the design process or the steps of design or how to be a designer. Right. So. Yeah, and I think that's important. I mean, there's a lot of um, programs right now that offer mentorship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, there's a, um, there's one um, uh, organization that I'm part of called iFund Women. Nice. Shout out to iFund Women, iFund Black Women, iFund Women of Color, sorry. And, and they have a mentorship program. So basically, they will assign you somebody that will help you, um, you know, get to that place where you need to be in your business. So whether that's achieving certain goals, whether that's um, giving access to people who can mentor you in your field, um, whether that's with fundraising. I mean, fundraising is so important. We should really, actually, we should talk about that right now because I never realized how important it is to kind of have a steady stream of um, of income mm-hmm. and capital mm-hmm. and you know cash flow just mm-hmm. to keep your business afloat, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because you don't get paid the same day that you need to make your purchases. So mm-hmm. you know, like if you need to paint a wall, for instance, you need to go buy the paint, go buy all the supplies, maybe hire someone to do all the painting, and front all that money up okay. front because you only get paid when you submit your bill at the end and the job is done. So mm-hmm. How do you kind of like keep that cash flow going? So it's really important to have that be part of your business plan. Yeah. And I don't think like people really talk no, about nobody, that when you're starting a business. Nobody so. accounts for that. Um, the biggest thing is you are going to run into a lot of obstacles. Um, for example, something I order is not going to come in expected. It's not the client's fault. It's my fault. I have to pocket that and make sure it comes in to the client in perfect condition. Um, so I always have like a safety fund put aside for emergencies. Um, that's that, a good idea. Yeah, that's kind of something I've learned out of time because I would be paying for a lot of things out of pocket, and mm-hmm. I'd be going into debt trying to fix everything. Um, but just you need to make sure, like even if something comes in, like a client might want to return something, and you have to that might be four months down the road, and you, they've already bought it. So you just need to make sure that you're always kind of you have a little something something put aside for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you need to account that nothing is ever going to go as planned. Um, and you need to make sure that you're kind of on top of that or you're ahead of the game. But yes, you need to yeah. finance your business. That's the most important thing. And put money back into your business. So marketing, all of that, you want to make sure that your business is growing. So you need to put money aside for that too. And how much, do you th how much time do you think you spend on all of this behind the scenes stuff as opposed to actually doing the creative part of designing? A lot. <laughs> so um, it is a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, I wear a lot of hats, so I have to make sure like, okay, I'm putting an hour aside for Instagram. I'm making sure that I do my newsletter every week. I'm making sure that I follow up and um, do a video on YouTube. So you just have to schedule it, um, which is the, probably the hardest part mm -hmm. is what we talked about is kind of scheduling and <laughs> keeping track of everything. Um, but honestly, I, I'll work 10 to 12 hour days trying to cram everything in and connect with my clients and make sure that everybody is kind of on schedule. So you're just working long hours, but that's the way your business stays afloat is kind of delegating things, but making sure that you pay attention to all the little details. And right. Marianne is hiring, by the way. So <laughs> I am, yes. If there are any <laughs> interior design um, aficionados out there that want to learn about the business and you just need some experience, please contact her through her website yes. and she will be more than happy to yes, take your volunteer services <laughs> in exchange for like <laughs> valuable knowledge on the subject. Yeah. I think I really do feel like some of the best experiences can only be learned in the field, yeah. really. I mean, you can, you can have it in your head like how it's going to go for you, yeah. but it's not until you're rolling up your sleeves and you're exactly. knocking on doors yeah. and you're falling on your face. Yes. <laughs> is when you're going to learn, really. It's true. So The more you do it, the more you learn. So it's just gaining the experience over time. But until you get your feet wet and dive in, I think that's where all the experience kind of comes from. Yeah. So can you, if you, if you want to be brave enough, <laughs> can you talk about the, 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 the experience in your career that really was a game changer for you, a bad experience? Hmm. That really like made you learn. I, I guess it wouldn't, I shouldn't say bad experience, but I guess the experience that sort of, leveled you up to where you thought wow okay I need to yeah so like one of my first jobs um kind of taking on a client um that wanted to do a home it didn't really go as expected I didn't um like I didn't do things on time like I didn't have any idea of like kind of how to do it um so it ended up going pretty badly mm -hmm. um and I had to apologize and kind of like fix things on my own um one of like the pieces I didn't order it correctly and it came in completely wrong and then I had to figure out like how to do it and we had to order it three different times and then I had to kind of pay for it out of pocket so it like really and I ended I spent a lot of money trying to fix it um, and it just taught me like you need to follow through you need to have a plan <laughs> you need to have a yeah. system and you need to um, just make sure that like I learned like I need to measure twice or I need to make sure that like I'm getting every single exact measurement so that was a while ago that I learned a lot, but that really teaches you like, okay, like if I really want my business to succeed or if I really want to do well, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything right or I'm making sure that I check everything mm -hmm. through instead of just kind of running third guns blazing. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between when you're kind of doing something for yourself and when you're working with a client. Yes. I mean, you have to up the professionalism yes. like on another level, mm -hmm. really. Because I, I get, you know, when I'm, you know, trying to throw something together for myself like I don't care yeah you know, like yeah. it might be late might be the wrong color yeah I have to deal with it whatever but you know I don't have an expectation for myself that you know I'm not paying myself obviously so when people are paying you there's mm -hmm. a, a certain they level expect. of um, professionalism that you have to mm -hmm. stick to um, 
Yeah, so that's that's tricky. I think that's the biggest thing is even if it's not the greatest situation or even if people are taking advantage of you or you don't always, um, like you clash heads, it's always important to remain professional and just kind of suck it up and make sure that the client is getting what they want at the end of the day because they are paying you a lot of money to Ooh. follow through. They're trusting your vision. Um, and at the end of the day, I want the person to be happy with me and my services. Um, so that's that's another tidbit as well as always be professional mm -hmm. um, and learn from what you're doing as well. And you know what? You're right. At the end of the day, you know, that's all that matters because it's mm -hmm. not like you have to live in that space. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? It's not like exactly. you think, you know, that chair might be hideous and probably doesn't go. <laughs> but you don't have to live with it every day. Yes. So you can be like, you know what? If you like it, great. <laughs> that's true. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, why would you get this? But it's not my house. So at the yeah. same time, you have to give people what they want. That's what they're paying you for. So. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. So, okay, so if you could give one piece of advice to people, like if they could change one thing, okay, let me phrase this properly, <laughs> get my head together. Um, if you, if they could change, make one change in their room that will change everything in you know in terms of interior design, what would it be? I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid of paint. Um, I was gonna say that. Yes. I feel like paint, like paint wall changes color, your changes space so much, yeah. and don't be afraid to go bolder. A lot of people do like safe colors, and they're afraid to experiment. Um, but even if you're looking to update your space, if you're a renter, um, paint is kind of the greatest way to kind of enhance the space and do mm -hmm. something different. Um, I also, just re remove it. I'm just saying, yeah. if you rent, you might not be able to paint. Yes, but that's you true, can get removable wallpaper. Mm -hmm. Peel and, and stick is great. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. lots of options. You yeah. can kind of go crazy, and even just adding a rug and pillows. Like, if, like if you are a renter, that's a good way. A lot of people are afraid of, to add rugs in their house. Yeah, um, it really creates warmth and kind of defines the room. So I'd say always add a rug, and then experiment with accent pillows. Those you can always change out and add fun pops of color. So. Yeah, check out rocking cushions. Yeah, see, see what you can find. But um, I, I just one other thing that I thought of when people are choosing things for their room I think a lot of people try to match stuff which just drives yeah. me crazy it really drives yeah. me crazy when <laughs> I get it sometimes no literally I sometimes I get a picture of like a corner of a rug you know like this big and it has like blue a teal and green on it and they're like how do I match all the furniture oh. in my room to this rug like do you have anything that's gonna match this rug and I think you know it's less about matching stuff and more about creating mm -hmm. a, um, a feeling I guess mm -hmm. in the room or some kind of like um, aesthetic in the room. Yeah, you do really want to create your own aesthetic. Um, I kind of stay away from matchy-matchy. I really encourage people to have mm -hmm. more of an eclectic look. Um, but you do want to pull like for example if you have that rug you want to pull like a blue or a green out of there and maybe your chair has little hints of green and you introduce yellow. but. It's really about everything flowing together, um, but a lot of people do match, match, match. Um, but you want your room to tell a story, that's the biggest thing. Yes, that's true, and that's mm -hmm. that's a great point because I think that's why thrift store shopping mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. so amazing because you have a story to tell with yes. everything that comes in. You can be like, oh, I love that chair because yeah. I picked it up for 20 bucks down the street. Yeah. And it has a background to it, and yeah. it's personable. Exactly, and if it gets ruined, you don't really care. You don't just go get another one. <laughs> That's how I That's true. <laughs> so is there anything else that people should know when they're starting to think about maybe, you know, changing things up in their room? I mean, do people need to really switch out all their furniture? No. Um, I think the biggest thing I tell people is what is the purpose of your room? What do you want to accomplish? Okay, this is your living room. Are you watching TV? Are you watching movies? Are you lounging? 
Um, so think of the purpose of the room and what you're trying to accomplish and start there. So for example, if we're watching movies in this room, okay, we want a lounger, we want a sectional, we want something comfortable. That's the biggest thing you change out. Maybe mm -hmm. that coffee table that you love is fine and you can keep that. Maybe you just add a new rug and then some pillows and you're good to go. So um, you do not absolutely need to change everything out. It's just kind of picking the room apart and starting and kind of thinking of like the big pieces that you need to pull in. Right, because they make the most impact. Mm -hmm. They really do. And do you, how do you feel about plants? I'm I mean, a plant person. I mean, these plants are like yes. so huge right yeah. now. This lovely little guy um, is fake. And I got it at, at the Ross down the street. No, okay, okay. But I do, I really, you know what, I have to show you my bedroom later because yeah. I actually um, covered my closet doors in um, like those garden panels. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, cool. <laughs> and my bathroom too. But yeah. I have noticed since I've done that, I it's psychological. I feel changes, like yeah. karma. Yeah. I feel just, I mean, I know it's fake, but it's somehow tricking my brain yeah. into making me believe that I'm, I guess it goes back to, um, uh, Stone Age days where if you have a canopy or you have greenery mm -hmm. above you it's actually it creates a feeling yeah. of safety because mm -hmm. you're hidden from predators and I really feel that when yeah. I when I'm surrounded by even if it's fake a lot of greenery so do you incorporate a lot yes. of like I feel like that's plants. the biggest thing plants give you more of a homey feel um, we always do a fig fiddle and like basically every room or a snake plant, um, but it really kind of creates or pulls the room together and gives it kind of more of a complete feel. Um, but even if you can't, you're not a green thumb person or you can't keep plants alive, the faux plants are a great way to go and they so really great. change the space a lot. Really, and you don't have to water them. Mm -hmm. um, no means. You just dust them off. This one's a little <laughs> dusty actually. I haven't, I haven't oh. given her a bath for a while, which is still pretty. <laughs> still expanding mushrooms. Perfect holiday plants. So thank you so much yeah, for thank joining you for me this has been amazing. And hopefully we can have you back on again and I you can talk about that. the next project you're working Very on. Awesome. So yeah, please check out thank Ariana's you. website. And yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, mm -hmm. really beautiful work. And she's here in Los Angeles. So if you need a designer, please be sure to check her out. out. And yeah, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Yeah, I hope <laughs> you guys learned a lot. I know I did. So let's see you next week. And bye! <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Ariana Luray. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a good review and follow us on all of our social medias at Rock and Cushions. And you can always go to our website, rockandcushions.com, to find affordable slipcovers for all of your IKEA furniture. On the next episode, Michelle sits down with singer, songwriter, and recently turned bourbon maker, Tyler Boone.